feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, we are going to be talking about the fallout from the historic arraignment and also President Trump's Mar-a-Lago speech. In just about half an hour, we are going to be talking to someone who was there at Mar-a-Lago during the speech last night. Uh, What was it like behind the scenes and what was Trump like behind the scenes when the cameras were off? And also, what is the sense there on the ground? Some new polls that have come out are showing that President Trump is skyrocketing in the polls. There have been multiple ones that have come out in the last two to three days, but especially in the last few hours. And they are essentially showing that President Trump in the Democratic primary has at least a 30-point lead over DeSantis. Now, DeSantis, again, hasn't officially announced. He hasn't even said he's in the race. Uh, It looks like he is. He's kind of losing weight and out there on the campaign trail, so it seems. But that is an enormous lead. And I think it is safe to say that President Trump is going to be the GOP nominee. That is my take, that there is no gray here. I think everybody like DeSantis... Uh, As much as I think he's been a great governor there in Florida and some of the other folks that are going to or have entered the fray, they're just trying to get oxygen. They're just trying to get attention. And how are you going to do it when the media and the world is consumed with Trump, 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 Trump? Whether you love him or whether you hate him, everybody is talking about President Trump. And tonight, even world leaders are talking about Trump. We've got the president of El Salvador who came out a little bit ago, and he basically said that this is a disgrace, that he's watching America and saying, wait a minute, I thought this was the country that promotes human rights and justice under the law. How can you basically say that you're that? Look at the way you are treating a former president. I think, sadly, the world is laughing at us, and that really breaks my heart. And they're shaking their heads saying, wait a minute, this isn't the America that I know and love. These aren't the values that I know and love that make America the beacon in the world. And that, to me, really is heartbreaking. It is so important that we keep this vision to the world and practice it, that we really treat everybody equally under the law, that nobody is not only above the law, but nobody like the way President Trump has been treated in the last 24 hours or so, below the law. And we clearly have seen that in the pattern of how they have treated President Trump. So I want to hear your thoughts tonight as to how much of a damage this has done uh, to President Trump, or has it helped President Trump solidify his base, solidify all the allegations that he has said Over the last few years, and he came out swinging last night in Mar-a-Lago, too, at his resort there in Florida, basically saying, listen, uh, Jack Smith, who is the special counsel, he called him, quote, a lunatic. He called Alvin Bragg the R-word, the racist. He called 
everybody else, every other word under the sun who's been investigating him. And yet he says, I am still standing and I am standing for you. And now some of the new polls are showing that people believe that that is indeed the case, that he is indeed the guy who can handle all the slings and arrows. And I'll tell you, I can't think of any other candidate. And I'm even thinking, I'm not just thinking in the Republican field. I'm thinking on the Democratic side who could handle all the barbs and all the stuff that is getting thrown at President Trump. Love him or hate him, he is definitely someone who can handle the chaos. And clearly, it looks like now that we're looking at not just the indictment, which was unsealed yesterday, but also we're looking at the roadmap for basically what the Democrats are planning to do. Now, we know that the judge came out and said, listen, the first hearing will essentially be in December. And then it looks like proceedings will start in January. Wow, what a surprise. The next month is the Iowa caucus. That's the beginning of the primary season. So now you have the leading GOP candidate who I believe will remain in that position between now and then. And they're hoping that, okay, well, if we throw some barbs at him here and we tell him he's got to appear at court for this and then he has to do a filing on this one and then he has to do a filing on this one, maybe they can bog him down right when he's at the heart of the primary season. Because remember, it's Iowa and then it's New Hampshire. You got South Carolina. You got all these key states, and those are pivotal. And they're hoping that Trump is going to be so distracted that he won't even be able to think about campaigning. And by the way, the average person, that is a good strategy to go up against. I'm not saying you should go up and create charges and inflate charges, as I believe is the case with Alvin Bragg. But I'm saying the average person I don't think could handle the chaos and handle not just what's happening with this DA, but there's also word that a prosecutor in Georgia may come down with something. Alan Dershowitz, who's been on this show here on the Rita Cosby Show, has said there's nothing there. A lot of people believe the Georgia case is more serious, but that would be before a federal judge. And that's different than a Manhattan jury. A Manhattan grand jury obviously said, oh, Trump, let's indict him. I knew he would not get fair justice in Manhattan, and that is sad to say, but that is the reality. And that's what Alan Dershowitz believes as well. So you've got a federal judge who would see the case in Georgia, and Dershowitz has consistently said in the Georgia case, he makes the case saying, I said find the votes. I didn't say create the votes. I didn't say make up the votes. I didn't say, uh, you know, steal the votes. I said Find the votes. And if you ask President Trump tonight, he would still say, yeah, I believe that there was election impropriety. I believe that my votes were out there and he just had to locate them. And that's an interesting defense because that actually, according to Alan Dershowitz, who certainly knows law, I think, better than anybody in the country, he basically says that is not going to uh, hold any water that President Trump will have a good logical defense there. Then you move on to what's going on with Jack Smith. That is the special counsel, of course, that's happening primarily with the classified documents case and also the January 6th case. And the January 6th case, you got President Trump saying peacefully and patriotically go to the Capitol. 
I mean, that's pretty clear. It wasn't like he was saying, go and riot at the Capitol. So I actually think that is where Dershowitz says that he thinks that Trump will be exonerated there if it comes before a federal judge. There's a classified documents case, uh, some new developments there where they say, well, Trump looked at it afterwards. Trump has come out and said, I declassified them. So that, again, is also a pretty thin case. If you really look at it and you really look at just what the law and what the questions are, that would be before a federal judge. And again, those two are not before a Manhattan grand jury. We saw what happened with a Manhattan grand jury. Those would be before a federal judge who would tend to err more towards the president of the United States, at least give some deference to any individual, let alone somebody who is the former president of the United States. And so there's this rallying cry that we're seeing around the country and a sentiment rallying around President Trump. And the new polls are showing him not only beating DeSantis handily, he's like whipping his butt. You know, there's like no gray. It's like, uh, you know, it's like when you see one of those horse races and you're like, there's the horse who's like 30 lengths ahead of everybody else. That's what it looks like right now if you look at what's happening in the GOP side. And then now what's been happening in the last few days on the Democratic side is Joe Biden has remained stagnant, if not dropping, because America's seeing what the heck is going on in our country. There are so many issues going on. And now people are going, well, wait a minute. We got an open border. We have energy dependence because of this president. We have issues with Russia and Ukraine. We now have Taiwan threatening us, rather China threatening us, during this visit of the Taiwan president who met with McCarthy and other members of Congress today. So we've got an emboldened China who is now doing some military exercises. You got it clearly an emboldened Russia. You got an emboldened Iran. Uh, You got massive crime in so many streets across America. And what is Alvin Bragg doing and what is the Democratic Party doing? They're focused on trying to bring Trump down for a process crime. And I think now the American public, Republicans and Democrats, are seeing for what it is. A bunch of hogwash. And that is a nice way to put it. And here is Lindsey Graham. Listen to this, because Lindsey Graham is saying, yeah, despite all of this, President Trump's going to need to big time develop a war chest. Uh, We had Bill O'Reilly on last night, and the great Bill O'Reilly was talking that he believes for President Trump to defend himself, not just on the Manhattan DA, but all these other charges. He's saying it could be anywhere from like 20 to 50 million dollars, 20 to 50 million dollars, which is why the average person can't defend this. That's why you see some of these other cases like Alan Weisselberg and other people kind of cracking because they say, hey, you know, we'll send you to jail. Uh, you know, and most people don't have the wherewithal, the financial wherewithal to be able to do it. And and the mental and physical wherewithal to say, I'm going to handle what's coming at me from 20 different directions. President Trump seems to be able to handle in chaos. He's used to dealing with chaos. He's sort of the king of chaos. And yet he definitely will need the money and the campaign money that's rolling in now can be used for legal fees. So that's why it's an interesting thing. And right now the cash is coming in. Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Take a listen because Lindsey Graham says it is time to back President Trump, not just in the polls, but monetarily. Listen to him going out and making the plea. 
I'm sorry I'm so upset, but please help President Trump. If you can fi afford five or ten bucks, if you can't afford a dollar, fine. Just pray. Make sure you vote as early as you can in your state. Don't risk anything anymore. Vote as soon as you can. Pray for this country. Pray for this president. And if you got any money to give, give it. LindseyGraham.com, it doesn't go to me. It goes to helping this president and taking back the Senate. So put your money, give it out there. It's like he's like standing out there with the tin cup saying, come on, everybody donate. Get behind this guy. And he has raised over $10 million. That's a pretty big tin cup. Uh, and that is the number that came out last night. So you can bet that uh, it's going to be tons of money coming to President Trump uh, via those pleas by Lindsey Graham and a number of others. So is it clear that now President Trump is going to be the GOP nominee? I say yes. I say 1,000% yes. And is there a chance that he could now beat Senator, uh, President Biden, former Senator Biden? We're going to get to that in a moment because... Where that's where all the issues came with the classified documents. But is there a good chance that now he could potentially beat Biden? I actually think yes, because I think, you know what? Guess what's coming? Uh, President Biden, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we're going to talk about tonight that basically opens a Pandora box. And it's not just related to two words, Hunter Biden. It's related to a whole bunch more. So it could be a very bumpy ride for the Biden family and the Democratic Party. Uh, so be careful for what you wish for, Democrats. Uh, the wrath may be coming. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go real quick to Dom on line one. Dom, your thoughts of all of this. And Trump is soaring, Dom, in the polls. Rita, Trump has now become larger than life for many Americans, but especially his supporters. I think given the misery that was visited upon him, he needs to be the giant killer in 2024. All he needs is a 30-second spot which shows Hunter smoking in the bathtub and Biden stumbling on the steps of Air Force One with the caption, Corn Pop and Sons, is this what you want leading the country? <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, you know what? I I do think, and you know what's interesting, Tom? I don't always kind of, you know, I do talk about his mental acuity, but I think a lot of people have not really talked of it as late. But I think that that issue is going to be coming. The fact that he's having trouble walking up the stairs of Air Force One, and it's repeatedly, um, and some of his answers of late. Um, I was thinking today about his reply, remember, when the shooting happened in Tennessee, which was just so horrible and heartbreaking. And yet our president comes out and starts laughing about ice cream and then suddenly realizes, oh, wait a minute, I'm supposed to talk about a shooting. Um, there are just so many questions out there. Um, and I think some of these things will come into play and played over and over again. And maybe it may not drive people to President Trump that weren't Trump supporters, but maybe it might drive people to stay home on the Democratic side. Because if Trump, you know, if Biden is going to be the nominee, uh, I think they're going to have second wishes when they start seeing over and over. And I just see him degrading over and over again. Uh, what are your thoughts about that, Dom, real quick? Yeah, do, but on a serious note, uh, Rita, do you think, I mean, this is this has been bothering me. A group of influential Republicans can sit down, sit Trump, Trump and DeSantis down and make them work with each other for the good of the country. Is that even a remote possibility? Because I'm, because if these, if these two guys are on the ticket, I think it's a sure, it's a show in. 
You know what? My sad answer is I don't think so. And not because of them not necessarily wanting to work together. I mean, I think in a perfect world, maybe there might have been that sentiment. But I think, obviously, President Trump is clearly that he wants to be the top guy on the ticket. I have heard from people close to DeSantis that he wants to clearly be the top guy on the ticket. And if he's not going to be the top guy on the ticket this go round, he'll sit it out and then go the next round or try it this time. And if it doesn't work, he's young enough. He's a young guy. Um, But I haven't heard that he would accept a VP. But a lot of people say that now. And who knows where, what kind of deal is made uh, in the 11th hour. It may actually end up. uh, Because remember, President Trump gave DeSantis the blessing. And DeSantis would never be governor of Florida if it wasn't for President Trump's support. He was lagging in the polls the first go-round until President Trump supported him. So you never know. He may have an epiphany and say, you know what, Uh, at that moment, depending where they are in the polls, maybe there is some deal. I think right now it's remote, but you never know. Dom, thank you very much. I love you. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Genesis, Land of Confusion. Boy, that is the perfect song. Uh, it should be like a Looney Tune. I wish there was a song of like a alternate universe. Maybe there is. We'll work on that because that is what it feels like, especially when you look at the justice system that happened in New York. And by the way, Professor Alan Dershowitz said there is no way that President Trump would get if it went to a trial. And we've seen already the grand jury case. But he said if it went to a trial, these charges that we saw yesterday, he says they would convict him. And boy, is that a sad testament just because of the anti-Trump rhetoric, the hate Trump, orange man bad rhetoric in New York. What a sad testament. one 800 848 Let's go to Joe. Line two. Joe, your thoughts about all of this tonight. Rita, my love, as usual, I'm going to hit you a rapid fire, and then you respond to Bella, de la Bella, Princesa Palata, the beautiful Polish princess. Here's the situation, my love, is that the bottom line is the only way he's going to get a, a fair trial is on Staten Island. Ninety-plus percent of Staten Islanders came out for votes for Trump in 2016 and 2020. Another thing is, look, um, Kamala Harris called him every book and every word in the book when they were running, and she practically called him a Klansman. He, uh, Biden was Biden was mentored by the uh, white supremacists in Congress, but they still they still teamed up. The well, and, and, the ticket. and by America- the way, by the way, um, you know, you brought up some obviously pretty highly charged comments there. Uh, I think you were referring to Robert Byrd, who actually, you're right, was a Klansman. And you're right, he was very close, uh, was sort of the mentor for Joe Biden and close to Hillary Clinton. Joe, stay with us. We're going to go to a quick break. I want to continue with you. I love your spirit. I love your passion. We're going to continue with everybody's calls. 1-800-848-9222. More after the break, everybody.
Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great men and women in blue, a powerful story coming from Port Arthur, Texas. I've been to Port Arthur a couple times. It is a beautiful place. And it's a story of a rookie officer who managed to rescue a man trying to save his girlfriend after a crash into a canal. Uh, a man was trying to save his girlfriend who had to be rescued ultimately by a police officer. And luckily, none of the three people actually got hurt, which is miraculous. Police in Port Arthur, Texas, say that the young woman called after she drove off a road and into a canal where her car was sinking in the middle of the night, right before 4.30 a.m. So it was very dark outside. Police say she managed to free herself and swim to safety, but her boyfriend had a much harder time. He had been driving right behind her when she went into the canal, and he immediately went in after her, despite the fact that he didn't even know how to swim. Well, her boyfriend made his way to her car and then realized that his girlfriend had already swum to safety, so he climbed on top of the vehicle, yet it continued to sink, and it was quickly going under. Well, thankfully, several Port Arthur police officers arrived on the scene, including a rookie named Matthew Munseal. Seeing that the vehicle was sinking and hearing that the man was screaming that he didn't know how to swim, the rookie officer immediately removed his vest, his duty belt, and his boots, and he jumped into the cold water without hesitation. He calmed the boyfriend down, got him to kick while the other officer came back and helped them both swim back to shore. Amazingly, nobody was hurt, and the rookie officer is now receiving a commendation. Needless to say, bravo to our great men and women in blue in a very dire situation that could have been really, really tragic. And amazingly, again, all three of those, the girlfriend, the boyfriend, and the rookie officer were un injured. Bravo to our great men and women in blue. Well, by the way, later on in the Rita Cosby show, we're going to talk about the stunning findings that happened in Chicago for the mayor's race. Uh, The guy who was going around basically saying, defund the police to the left of the left of the left of the left of Lori Lightfoot, if that could ever get more left. I didn't think it'd be possible, but this guy was. And police officers in Chicago had said they were going to walk off the job if this guy got elected. Well, guess what? Chicago, you elected him. And we're going to talk about the repercussions and that stunning result in the mayoral race, which I sadly think, I think it means the beginning of the end of Chicago. I'm telling you, Chicago crime is skyrocketing there, and it's about to get a whole lot worse because this guy's idea of policing is like, uh, let's send in a social worker. Can you imagine what we just talked about? Oh, the car is sinking. We're looking for help. We need help. And, oh, let's send a social worker to talk to him as opposed to a brave police officer with training. Let's see how that works out. What a mess Chicago is going to be in. And we're going to talk about that later on in the Rita Cosby Show. Meantime, we are talking about President Trump, who is a big supporter of law enforcement. And he now is skyrocketing in the polls 
and also coming out swinging just a little bit ago on his Truth Social. He also talked about how he could not believe that these charges were happening against him. He couldn't believe that he was arrested yesterday. Think about that. The president of the United States. And here's what he put out just a few minutes ago on his Truth Social. President Trump saying, quote, Republicans in Congress should defund the DOJ and FBI until they come to their senses. The Democrats have totally weaponized law enforcement in our country and are viciously using this abuse of power to interfere with our already under siege elections. President Trump coming out swinging tonight and also a big supporter of President Trump and a conservative commentator, Leo Terrell, had this to say about American justice after the 34 felony counts against President Trump yesterday. Take a listen. They saw a uh, district attorney place his political ambition over the rule of law. We saw our legal system being basically challenged and damaged. And Harris, you saw political legal pundits from across the left and right criticizing the weakness of this. This is not a case. This is a political persecution. And by the way, Joe Biden, who was smiling, he's a prosecutor. He's a former prosecutor. He's a lawyer. He knows better. Our national governmental legal system is at issue and everyone is fair game now. And that is the message that nobody is off limits now that anybody could be pulled in by what many people believe is a rogue Manhattan DA. I mean, the federal government didn't want to go after election charges. They said there's no campaign finance abuse, and yet a state prosecutor, a local DA, has said, oh, I'm going to find it. I'm going to go after these things. I mean, now we're hearing so many more examples. Think about James Comey. Remember, he had Hillary Clinton in his sights, and he said, nope, prosecutor, uh, would ever prosecute uh, somebody for these charges. The whole bleach bit, all of that stuff. He said, yeah, she did it. It was reckless. It was this. It was that. But no reasonable prosecutor would prosecute. And you could contend that what they're talking about with President Trump is a lot less severe. So think about the implications to our justice system around the world. By the way, everybody, coming up in about 10 minutes from now, we are going to be talking to Adam Weiss, He is co-chair of the New York State Trump victory in 2020 and also a political strategist. He was in Mar-a-Lago last night, not too far from President Trump, when he gave his rousing speech to hundreds of supporters. And we're going to talk with him about what it was like in the room and what he thinks for the future of President Trump and the 2024 race. Get an insider's view of what it was like. He'll be joining us in about 10 minutes here on The Rita Cosby Show. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. Meantime, Leo Terrell has talked about what he believes also is the reason behind not just this, basically the opening salvo, if you will. I shouldn't say it's opening. They've been going after Trump ever since he came down the escalator in 2016. 
Uh, but the continuing salvo now coming from D.A. Alvin Bragg in New York. And he says there is a big master strategy by the Democrats behind this all. Take a listen to what Leo Terrell says. What is the end game? Will this prosecution stop Donald Trump from running for president? Answer, no. All you got to do is look at the Constitution. The requirements are very basic. He's going to run. But it's a distraction. It's a distraction from the failed policies of President Biden. That's the end game. It is to distract the American public from what is going on in this country. Is it all one big distraction game, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go back to Joe from Jericho. Joe, thanks for your patience, my friend. You know, do you think this is sort of one big deflection? Absolutely. And get a load of this. I'm going to hit you with rapid fire and then you can respond. The bottom line, my love, is... By the way, thank you for the rules, Joe. Thank you for the rules. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Not only is Alvin Bragg this disgrace. Not only is he destroying, upsetting, and uh, a Passover this evening and for the next few days, Easter, with his debauchery, the next court appearance is during uh, Hanukkah and Christmas on the 4th of December. This is so blasphemous and sacrilegious. Now, get a load of this. Guess how much it cost yesterday for the NYCPD while Trump was here. Take a guess. I've heard some uh, uh, numbers. You tell me what you've seen. Go ahead, Joe. $13 million. 13 They had every cop from uh, Gold Shield back in the sack on the streets. And that doesn't include, Rita, New York State Police or federal. And you know something, my love? For $12 million, they could have built and opened a a retirement home for American veterans in Midtown near the 23rd Street VA, which which Biden and Harris attempted to close a year ago and also attempted to close the Brooklyn VA in Bay Ridge in your hometown. You, you know what, this by the way, out of control. Joe, you hit a superb point. First of all, you're right. I'm sure it was absolutely millions of dollars, and it's going to be many more with all the different court appearances and motions and all the other stuff. Um, and in fact, um, I, you just heard I was saying Bill O'Reilly was saying anywhere from like 30 to 50 million dollars is what this is going to cost President Trump. Uh, do you think, A, it's fair that he should be paying it? And then to your point about what it cost New York, uh, the millions upon millions just for yesterday. Think about how it is during a trial and during all the back and forth and all the other things. This is ridiculous. We could be putting money, like as you said, to our veterans, to so many other important issues. And it just puts it, I think, in very clear perspective uh, because we should be putting the money. And listen, I'd love if Alvin Bragg would spend some of that money towards fighting crime in New York, putting the real felons behind bars who are repeat offenders, violent offenders over and over again. There was a guy, by the way, that we talked about uh, who committed 90 offenses. Alvin Bragg basically let him out on $1 bail, $1 bail, a guy with 90 offenses. And the guy clearly, some of them violent offenses over and over again. And he did this while he was working on the indictment for President Trump. Does that sound like maybe his focus is in the wrong place? Heck yeah. Joe, thank you very, very much. Uh, let's go to Teddy. Teddy, line four. Your thoughts, Ted? Yes, uh, Rita. Uh, Ted, you got to come on speaker. Uh, right, you're on speaker. Come to the, uh, the, the uh, right directly. Now. Yep, go ahead. Yeah. Rita, it, it, it's just amazing. 
I, I don't want you to think that I don't agree with you or you think I changed my convictions. I agree with you on the prim- on the points dealing with Bragg not prosecuting people who have committed felonies and he reduces them to misdemeanors. I agree with you 100%. But I'm calling each case individually. Okay? I'm looking at it as an individual case. I'm reading pro and con. You have Dershowitz and Turley and others that say the case is weak and that he will it will be dismissed. On the other hand, I hear U.S. attorneys on TV and in the newspaper saying that Trump has something to, serious to worry about. Well, hang on, to, so hang, on not a Ted, lawyer, Ted, hang, hang on, Ted. Hang on, Ted. Ted, uh, but I do have eyes and I do have ears. Okay, so two things. First off. 99% of the people that are out there, and I'm not going to say 99, but I'll say a majority, right, are out there. And I'm even talking about on CNN and MSNBC that have been coming out and saying it is a weak case. There have been liberal commentators who've said they've used the word they are uh, underwhelmed is a nice way to say that it's a weak case. Although, even if it is a fairly weak case, and when you look at the indictment, I don't know a single person who has seen the indictment that says, wow, God, this is explosive. This is much worse than I ever imagined. This looks like a real stretch is basically what everybody has said. But two things are correct there, Ted, that on the other hand, despite that, there are people who still say, you don't know what happens once the case goes to trial. If it happens in Manhattan, uh, there is a good chance that he could get convicted. And even Dershowitz, who you just brought up, has said, despite him believing it's a very weak case, he believes Donald Trump in Manhattan would still get convicted on a super weak case. That's a sad testament to justice, not a testament to the strength of the case. So, Ted, real quick, I'll let you reply, because do you honestly think that Donald Trump could get a fair trial in Manhattan if it went to a trial? Of course, his attorneys are trying to throw it out. But honestly, come on, Ted. You had a caller who wanted it to go to Staten Island. Would it be, wouldn't it be biased there too, Rita? Actually, it would probably be much more fair uh, because it's still uh, Democratic, but not as Democratic, if you will. There's a lot more Republicans there uh, versus Democrats in terms of the ratio. Uh, that's one of the few. Uh, so maybe it goes there. Maybe it goes somewhere else. Uh, okay. But New York, New York is so overwhelmingly Democrat. Manhattan is so overwhelmingly Democratic. By the way, I don't think it would go to Staten Island. I think they might try. It might go maybe somewhere else outside of the city. He may not get a change of venue because typically you get a change of venue if like some outside influence would, you know, would have a impact on the case. And everybody, there's not a single place in America where somebody doesn't know who Trump is. So I, I think he's going to have a hard time with change of venue, but I think they're going to try. They're going to try to get a change of uh, prosecutor, a change of judge. Uh, there's going to be so many motions left and right, Ted. This is going to be a long, long slog. And that's what they're trying to do to Trump. Uh, but even though you don't like him, he's still standing. Ted, thank you very much. We're going to continue, everybody, with your calls. And Adam Weiss, who was at Mar-a-Lago last night, political strategist, joining us after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, we were covering the historic speech by President Trump last night at Mar-a-Lago 
and he got a rousing applause from the hundreds of people present. Remember this moment when he walked in the room. So what was it like to be in the room for that historic moment that the whole world watched, except for MSNBC, which didn't cover it? And we're going to get to that later on. Well, our next guest was there and saw the president last night and can give us his take on where the race is headed. Adam Weiss is the co-chair of New York State's Trump victory in 2020 and also a great political strategist. Uh, Adam, what was it like to be there? Yeah, Rita, thanks for having me. You know, I could never get bored I never uh, from a Trump uh, victory rally like this. It's just there's such energy in the room from his supporters, from the uh, Mar-a-Lago uh, members. And it was just really electric that Trump came in because the energy that this man has is like none other. That, you know, he went through such a day that he went through. It's not like he had just, oh, what'd you do and play golf today? No, you got up super early in the morning. I hadn't even sleep the night before. Went down, got arraigned by a corrupt DA, jumped on a plane, flew back, went right to Mar-a-Lago and made a speech. And then he went up upstairs afterwards, Rita, and probably stayed, I heard, to one in the morning. I left at 11 upstairs in the club and he was chatting with most of the patrons around and people come up to different to the table and sharing seats with him and and he took over and he was DJing for a good portion of the night too on his iPad so oh, wait 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 so Trump was DJing uh, boy the crowd must have loved that what did he play what were what was his selection well, during the, during the uh, after the act the speech in the big dining hall he went upstairs to the members club which is and, and it was packed wall to wall people have a dinner and he DJs. He goes from old like Frank Sinatra tunes to Elton John. He's got really good taste. It's not just old music. He really, he, you know, he dials the spectrum. So it's he really is entertaining. You watch him. He's holding the iPad and he's scrolling and he loves to DJ while he's engaging with with his. I mean, he was sitting with Tiffany and he was sitting with Tiffany's husband, and then. And we saw, by the way, we saw Eric there. We saw Eric Trump there. Don Jr. Kimberly was there. It was. It was a. It was a. A rally, you know, full of supporters. I saw Marjorie Taylor Greene was there. Uh, Carrie Lake, I remember seeing in the crowd. What kind of reaction? Yeah, go ahead. Ronnie Jackson was there. Yep. Uh, So there were some congressmen that came out to support him. It was an amazing reaction that people came out to support him. You know, after such a tough time, I know every it's amazing. Nobody takes the heat like he's taken and the persecution that he's taken. It's not just this one DA. We have the feds are looking into him, the special prosecutor. You got Georgia looking into him. You got state attorney generals here in New York. So the amount of pressure that he's under and he's still able to deliver a speech in front of the American people. And he's still able to go up and, you know, and uh, converse with all his guests and still have a decent time it's just an amazing fortitude the guy has and i and even though i'm a trump supporter which i you know it's just still you know just amazes me the pressure that he's under constantly and he's still able to deliver and he's still able to carry himself and you know adam weiss um you being one of the lucky guys there in the room for that amazing moment um but i say the same thing too that i don't know anyone who can sort of take the slings and arrows uh like trump is taking and the new polls are really showing him skyrocket in a big way. I mean, he's like 
overwhelming the polls. For a while, it was almost neck and neck with him and DeSantis. The latest one is showing uh, like a 30-point spread, and that is almost across the board in every single poll. You are a great political strategist, my friend. I've known you a long time. Where do you see the race headed, first on the GOP side and ultimately, um, obviously, when there is potentially maybe a Trump-Biden matchup, even though Biden hasn't thrown his name in yet? Because, Rita, you and I are way, way back and we're New Yorkers, and there's no way we can't live in New York and be social without having tons of Democratic friends. So I have a lot of Democrats as friends and colleagues, and they even are looking at this as unjust and and not right and, and sour to the criminal justice system. And the amount of people that aren't legal, aren't lawyers, that can say this case is wrong, and it's a pretty easy case, right? He may just he decided to pay a woman who accused him of this. He didn't want his wife to know, and he paid with private money, and that's it. should be done. The feds looked into it. The, FEC, the Federal Election Commission looked into it. The Justice Department looked at it and said, we don't have anything here. So a corrupt local DA decides to stretch this, even though the expiration date, uh, you know, statute of limitation ran out. So people are watching this, whether Democrat, Republican, independent, saying, wait a second. Everybody has the right to do something like that. It's a legal agreement. You're stretching this into a crime. So that's why it's going to skyrocket because it's not, it's not even a confusing you don't need to go to Harvard Law School to understand this is wrong. It's bad. It's corrupt. And so that's basically why I think even the numbers, even among Democrats and, and independents, Trump is going to take a big boost. And it's really going to help him in the race. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, it's amazing to see that already he's uh, garnered over $10 million. And I was hearing, I think it's like a quarter of those are first-time donors. That is a remarkable feat. And I think... You know, just even looking, you know uh, that it's a weak case when you see CNN and MSNBC saying uh, they are, quote, underwhelmed, that there's no there there. Uh, that is a, an unbelievable moment because, you know, if there was anything, they'd love to say it. Um, thank you so much, Adam Weiss, a great political strategist, also co-chair of the New York State Trump victory in 2020 and a lucky guy to be there in the room last night. Great having you, Adam. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Rita. Thank Thank you very much. And everybody, we're going to continue your calls after the break. Where is this headed? And also, where is Chicago headed? This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. And this hour on the Rita Cosby Show, we will be talking about the commonalities, sadly, of crime in New York and Chicago. And as we are talking, of course, about President Trump and the fact that now he has been indicted, he's been arraigned, he's been processed in New York. We were talking about all the money that it is costing New York State 
to have President Trump come. We're talking about security, not just for the arraignment, but also think about all the other upcoming appearances, just the security aspect and the logistics that go on the New York taxpayer. It is an outrageous amount when you think about the fact that D.A. Alvin Bragg is reducing 52% of the felonies to misdemeanors in New York. He seems to have this revolving door of crime in New York where he has, again, downgraded serious offenses to where the repeat offender often just gets a slap on the wrist. And yet he is not spending money focused on getting the bad guys locked up, cleaning up the streets of New York, making sure that New York is safer for everybody. That is what a DA's job is, is to go after the bad guys. And yet his whole effort is on what he campaigned on, going after President Trump as if sort of falsifications, which is what he is alleging in his indictment, 34 counts of it, basically business falsifications in ledgers and so forth, that that's, wow, that's really uh, putting the community of New York in serious danger. Is there anybody out there who thinks President Trump potentially hiding an affair, even though, again, President Trump says he didn't do it, but even if you believe Alvin Bragg, uh, that indeed something happened. Indeed, uh, there was uh, fraud in the business records and the way that it was listed in the Trump organization and so forth. Even if you believe that, do you believe going after Donald Trump costing millions upon millions of dollars already just for the arraignment, let alone the trial and all the other issues, that that's a really good use of taxpayer money from a D.A., who is reducing so many felonies to misdemeanors and basically allowing criminals to run wild in the streets of New York because they're not getting any punishment. They're not getting any message because the district attorney's office continues to give them pass after pass after pass, unless your last name is Trump. So to me, this is such an outrageous use of funds And this comes at the same time when later on in the hour, we're going to talk about the Windy City because Chicago crimes are up 46 percent in Chicago. That is an enormous amount. So in the midst of all this, you would think that people in Chicago would say, maybe we got to vote for somebody who is going to be tough on crime, tough on criminals and lock these people up so we can reverse this cycle. No, in the New York mayoral race we saw at least somebody who had police background eric adams at least has said he cares about locking up the offenders well what are we seeing now in the chicago race well what happened just recently by the way is clearly chicago voters said you know what we're gonna go for somebody who's left of the left of the left of Lori lightfoot who was terrible in Chicago, and they voted in a guy who has talked about in the past defunding police. And now there's word that police in Chicago may walk off the job as they promised they would do if this guy were to be elected. So we're going to talk about just what's going on in this revolving door and why voters in Chicago who were given a chance to get rid of Lori Lightfoot and get somebody who was tougher and would clean up the streets. They had a choice, and they picked somebody who may lead Chicago, sadly, to further ruin. It very well may be the end of Chicago. 
in terms of law and order. Uh, This may be the end of the line, and we're going to talk about that coming up later on in the hour. Meantime, we are talking about President Trump, who gave a rousing speech to Mar-a-Lago's crowd last night, and he came out swinging. Take a listen to some of the things he said. And I never thought anything like this could happen in America. Never thought it could happen. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. And then he also came out swinging to Alvin Bragg, who today even liberal commentators say this guy may have overreached. You think? I would say he overreached by like uh, 10,000 miles. How many football fields can we throw in there? This is President Trump going after the DA last night and says he is taking the slings and arrows for America. And the crowd there at Mar-a-Lago loved it. And now this massive election interference at a scale never seen before in our country, beginning with the radical left, George Soros-backed prosecutor Alvin Bragg of New York, who campaigned on the fact that he would get President Trump. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. This is a guy campaigning. He want to get President Trump at any cost. And this, before he knew anything about me, didn't know a thing about me, he was campaigning. As it turns out, virtually everybody that has looked at this case, including rhinos and even hardcore Democrats, say there is no crime and that it should never have been brought. And while he was giving the speech, to me, what a sad testament of how divisive the media is today. Um, I was watching and I was like, OK, here is a guy who says he is unfairly accused. Um, he said he's going to be doing a speech from Mar-a-Lago, his home there in Florida, announced it. It was, you know, 24 hours plus in advance that he was going to be giving this speech. Everybody had time to get the cameras there. They had risers. They had everything Uh, An address to the nation as a former president, the first time a former president's been charged in American history. And every media outlet, I would have thought, would be breaking in and covering the speech. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, I was looking. I was looking at all the different monitors while we were covering it. And suddenly, MSNBC didn't even cover the president's speech. CNN did. CNN took the whole speech. Uh, they said, you know, we got to cover this. Obviously, it's news. You got a former president who's indicted for the first time in American history. He is speaking, defending himself. You sure as heck should be covering that. MSNBC, I don't know, what were they like doing a segment on, I don't know, ballet or tennis? I have no idea. I'm just kidding. But they made a concerted effort. And take a listen to what one of the hosts there said as to the reason they didn't broadcast President Trump's speech. Um, So far, he's just giving his normal list of grievances. We don't consider that necessarily newsworthy. And there's a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. So uh, our deal with you is that we will monitor these remarks. If he does say anything newsworthy, and report on that right away. But uh, for now, just know that it's happening and we're not taking it. What an unbelievable moment. What he's saying, she says, is not true. So we're not going to cover it, that they're the barometers of truth. I mean, what about letting people defend themselves? What about the American justice system? If that doesn't show uh, that it's rigged, that they don't even want to give him any airtime, it doesn't matter what he says, even if it's factually true. Uh, He has a right to defend himself. This is an American president who has just been arraigned 
embarrassed before the world by a New York DA who is clearly overreach, and you don't even want to cover his speech because it's not worthy because you personally don't think it's correct, either you individually or you news organization, even if you don't believe it's correct, which clearly they don't, you still should be covering it to be fair to this person. It goes back to like the whole thing that Nancy Pelosi said, that Trump has a, has, will have a chance to prove his innocence, remember, as opposed to the other way around, remember? That's basically the presumption that they had, that he's clearly guilty and anything he says is wrong and we're just not even going to give him any airtime. Uh, but can you imagine if it was Biden, they'd be all over it. Oh, how wonderful he is talking about ice cream. I mean, that's what they would do. That, to me, is such a disservice to the American public. They deserve to hear them. And what about, do you think they might cover maybe some new developments that might be happening on Capitol Hill? Listen to this blockbuster that John Solomon shared with me earlier today. I was on Cats and Cosby uh, with the great John Katsimatidis, a show that I host at 5 p.m. with John Katsimatidis on WABC. And John Solomon, the great investigative journalist who we've had on this show as well, broke this interesting news that now some of the classified documents tied to Biden well, it wasn't like the president appeared when he was making the comments. I wonder if MSNBC would cover this. The story of Joe Biden and his classified documents has changed once again. It has changed multiple times from it was only in one location to it was at four locations. We were told for the longest time by the White House on the record and by Joe Biden's lawyers that uh, Biden's uh, documents, the classified documents at the Penn Biden Center weren't located until November of 2022. But a former senior aide to President Joe Biden, Kathy Jung, worked with him all through the vice presidential years, worked during him during his time in the private sector. She said, uh, that's not true at all. Uh, the boxes containing classified documents and vice president records and other items were stored in three different locations around D.C., including in Chinatown, eventually at the Penn Biden Center. And everybody knew them, knew about them for a long time. And... Contrary to what we were told, they were not in a locked closet. They were not in a locked closet. And she also said that apparently uh, that the documents were found, this to me is a blockbuster, in May 2020 or May 2022. Remember, they were not reported until, what was it, like a day or two before the election? And we didn't hear about it, obviously, before the election. But they made it sound like it was a day or two before the election and Somehow then uh, DOJ learns about it, and then by the time it went through the pipeline and all the red tape, suddenly it got out to the American public in January. As opposed to President Trump, they go in guns blazing into Mar-a-Lago, and now we're finding out apparently, according to this aide, this right-hand person, to President Biden, who also knew Hunter Biden, uh, that guy, well, apparently the documents were discovered months earlier. So why didn't the American public know? Why didn't DOJ know? And it could be that maybe the cracks are opening in the classified document case. And if it turns out to be correct that they did not report it for months and that maybe there was more information, that it was out there all over the place, hanging out in Chinatown. I mean, what was it like uh, at a Chinese restaurant? Hey, could you pass me the dim sum and a classified document? I mean, is that what they were doing at the dinner table? I mean, and the, as if, by the way, maybe it's safer there than uh, in the garage with Hunter Biden, who's doing uh, fixing the uh, the engine on the car. Maybe I'd rather have it at the Chinese restaurant. You know, that's where the choices are. But what a mess. 
So will MSNBC and will some of the other media cover these developments? They sure as heck should. And again, after all this happened with Alvin Bragg, again, I always said two words, Hunter Biden. The Biden family, I think, should be extremely worried based on the aggressive action of a local DA who has now weaponized the justice system. And if you think that President Trump, like not putting in something correctly in a business ledger, that that is worthy of 34 felony counts, again, inflated with a campaign finance charge. Don't you think maybe millions of dollars going to Hunter Biden or his associates? And if it turns out that indeed maybe policy was changed or the big guy got some money, we'll see where it goes. Uh, I would say you would be sweating the Biden family right now. It would be like a whole leaky faucet right now, because guess what? Maybe there's some GOP Alvin Braggs out there who would say, you know what, maybe those millions of dollars would be worth looking into. And maybe let's call in Hunter uh, and give him half of the legal dose that President Trump has had to deal with. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's a little round and round by Rat. Uh, that probably is a name that I think Trump would call Bragg last night. He called him every other name in the book. So where do you think things are headed in the Trump case? Again, I don't think it is any coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence in politics whatsoever. But I think there's no mistake at the fact that, look, Wow, what a surprise. It comes down now, a 34-count felony indictment, again, over what they say is business fraud, when there's a lot of other serious crime in New York that Alvin Bragg's ignoring. And the calendar basically puts it December. Then it goes into January. And guess what? That's the beginning of the primary season, and Trump is now clearly the leading candidate on the GOP side. What a surprise, surprise, surprise. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Eddie, line six. Eddie, your thoughts about this? Rita, these people like Poison Ivy, they're going to keep it going with Trump as long as they can. They're going to say everything they can. Oh, only 34 counts? They're going to make up things. You know, it's like... It's like being in a in a, a, a bad situation where people hate you. They yeah, were, they were you know what, to, Eddie, just, Eddie, you're right. They will try to find anything. And you sort of like poison ivy is a good analogy, my friend, because it's like, OK, well, that didn't work. Let's try this. That didn't work. Let's try this. Two impeachments wasn't enough. I, I mean, it's just it is really the definition of insanity. Eddie, thank you. We love you. Uh, let's go to BJ. Uh, BJ, do you agree it's sort of, uh, you know, try to, like, diminish him from every different direction, and hopefully one of the slings and arrows works, you know? Yeah, well, you're right about that. You know, uh, Charlene McRae and Bill de Blasio walked out the door with $1.5 billion in funds from the New York City Thrive Program. This happened well within the statute of limitations that Alvin Bragg is so married to. However, no charges have been brought against them. Donald Trump allegedly transferred funds 
and I had an NDA agreement signed to, uh, prior to him being uh, president. And now he's being hauled in on a fabrication uh, of, you talked about 34 counts. It's 34 slices of the same loaf of white bread, okay? It's ridiculous. It's unintelligible. He does not stand a chance of getting a fair trial because 99% of uh, uh, the Manhattanites voted against Trump. So his only chances are really uh, is to get this flipped over on appeal, unless, of course, someone has a change of heart and conscience and decides to uh, follow the rule of law. Uh, regarding Alvin Bragg, he, he should wear a little uh, watch key fob and a little choo-choo hat because he's running a railroad and he's trying to railroad Donald Trump. Yeah, no, and, by the uh, way, that, that's a good analogy. You're right. It's like, uh, let's uh, try to, like, get him off the tracks any way we can. Uh, BJ, you always have great analogies. Thank you, my friend. Let's go to Marianne. Line two, Marianne, your thoughts. Oh, Rita. Oh, my goodness. I have good news. In all this bad news, I have a good news. All right, real quick, what is it, my friend? Seven, 17 people from my family, former Democrats, registered Republicans just to vote for Trump in the primaries. Wait, wait, 17? One seven? 17. My uncles, my my aunts, cousins, everyone. We are sick and tired now. We weren't able to vote uh, at in the Republican uh, primaries. Now we are because we have to put Trump in there. By the way, Marianne, Marianne, you need to like maybe be the campaign manager. You really did a great job there. 17 already. And I think there are many more across the country. Wow, that would be an interesting uh, table there at the holidays. Hey, did you sign up? Did you sign up? Let's sign up. We're going to continue after the break. Thank you, Marianne. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great military and, of course, their families, a beautiful story coming from Elmont, Texas, where the American Legion welcomed Central Texas veterans who served in the Iraq War to a special service. March 20th, 2023, marked 20 years, that's amazing, since the start of the Iraq War and Operation Iraqi Freedom. That war ended on December 15th, 2011, and as many as 3 million American service members served in that war. And the veteran who was present, one of the ones who was spearheading the effort, said, quote, a lot of veterans here from Central Texas participated in Operation Iraqi Freedom. They didn't just do it once. They did it their entire careers because of the length of the war. Uh, At the ceremony, so many people greeted many veterans who were there with rounds of applause and special commendations. Also, Bill Mohan, who served in the Army during the Vietnam War, was there, and he said there are lessons to be learned from the Iraq War. He said, quote, if we don't pay attention and learn from our mistakes and how we got out of the war, we could do it again. Despite all of that, I am grateful to my service for this country. And how beautiful to see so many of these veterans 
again, many of them who were there for many years uh, giving back and supporting freedom all over the globe and being there. I can't believe it has been now over 20 years since the start of the Iraq War. What a powerful, powerful reminder of how much time has gone by and the sacrifice of our great men and women and, of course, their families. Well, we are talking about Alvin Bragg, the New York DA, who loaded the counts. Uh, I think it was BJ who said it was like uh, 34 slices of bread. Uh, He said white bread. It could have been whole grain. It could have been any bread. Uh, But it was definitely similar slices just to rack up the counts over and over again. And here is Alvin Bragg trying to explain because It was an interesting moment yesterday, and Alvin Bragg's getting a lot of heat today because even liberal commentators are saying this looks like an inflated case. They were wondering when the indictment gets unsealed, which it did yesterday, maybe there would be more there there. Maybe there would be more substance to the bread. Uh, Maybe there would be a lot more in it. But no, they said it was basically uh, just uh, powder puffs, that there was nothing to it. And that they actually were very underwhelmed by what Alvin Bragg presented. And even at the news conference, I think Alvin Bragg thought, you know, with a group of New York City reporters that maybe a lot of them would be sympathetic to him. And he was getting grilled. A lot of questions over and over again. Wait, wait, wait. How did you get these 34 counts? How did you inflate these things that are not even basically misdemeanors up to now what you're calling felony counts to throw the book at President Trump? And listen to how Alvin Bragg, this is the guy who is soft on criminals in New York. And again, his office has downgraded 52% of the felonies to misdemeanors. Uh, That's a whopping number. Again, a slap on the wrist to the people who are, you know, violent felons, repeat offenders in New York. No, this is serious crime. We've got to get Donald Trump off the streets. Listen to this answer from him. 34 false statements made to cover up other crimes. These are felony crimes in New York State, no matter who you are. We cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. We can't normalize somebody who puts an improper uh, entry into business ledgers basically 34 times. Boy, that person's a threat to society. But the person who is robbing stores and assaulting people, they're, they're not a threat at all. Those people are more than welcome to come back out on the streets and assault again. Does that make sense to anybody in any community across this country? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan on line one. Stan, your thoughts about this? I have only two things to say. Uh, one, uh, as you know, I've been pretty consistent, Rita. I didn't think this case had merit at all, correct? You know that. Yes, you have, my friend, you have. Okay. Uh, But after hearing that brain-dead schmuck in Florida yesterday and what he said about the No, wait, wait, wait. Wait a minute. Hang on. Alvin Bragg was was in New York. I'm not sure. Smearing the crap all day (laughs) with this guy. Let let me say my thing, please. I'm asking a favor here. All right. By the way, because I love you, go ahead, Stan. I don't know if you love me, but... I do, Stan. It's a love hate. You love everybody. It's a love hate. But I do, actually, I do love everybody, and I love you, so go ahead, my friend. I'm sorry to worry about that, you know? (laughs) Anyway, but anyway, let me me say, uh, initially, you know, uh, the judge, he, he... 
you heard what he said about his wife and family and everything like that. I, I thought the judge would recuse himself, the guy that's there. Now I hope he does not. I hope he orders him to come in every day from Florida, which he can do. But he had no business. He could say, you said freedom of speech. He had a right to say, but you don't attack the judge who's going, who's handling the case and so forth. And then go after his family and this and that. That is utterly stupid. But it's not, it's par for the situation with Donald Trump. Now, wait, Stan, let me, let me, I, wait, I hang on. I'll well, I will, on. I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you. Right, no, no, no. Um, I, I agree it's not the wisest approach to go after a judge who will be deciding, at least even if the judge doesn't stay on the case and maybe they get a new judge um, because there's some questions about, Democratic ties in the family and all that stuff. But he would be the one deciding motions, uh, potentially change a venue, all that stuff. So you're right. It's probably not. On the other hand, uh, President Trump says he's an innocent man and he's being targeted. So is he supposed to just say, thank you? Can I have another? Thank you, sir. Can I have another? He could say he's innocent. That's uh, first of all, I thought it was a great date for the legal system in this country. How is that? Because he will be going up in the greatest system of justice what? in this country. Oh, yeah, the and new he Manhattan, has the best lawyers a Manhattan jury? Are you kidding me? No, he has the best lawyers money can buy. And, so and, and by the way, oh, you know what, Stan? You know what is so crazy about your thoughts? And I love you anyway, but your lunacy here is like, well, you know what? Maybe ultimately he'll be cleared. And you've even said that, that there's a chance that the case is weak. I'm glad you say that. And you have been consistent on that, stand. But then you feel there's something right about the American justice system that someone should have to pay tens of millions of dollars to defend themselves on a weak case. And uh, listen, and, and if justice comes out at the end, well, then they'll just get exonerated. No big deal that they were dragged through the month and had in mud and had to spend tens of millions of dollars. That is not the way justice works, Dan, and you know better. I have this other thing I want to say, which I will. That's where he gets justice. If he's innocent, hey, he'll be walking, he'll look ten times better than he does. Oh but, yeah. Let's let's just drag every innocent person through the justice system uh, and let's see where determined. it goes. What the he's heck? innocent until proven guilty. Okay, you know, so Stan so Stan, we're gonna throw you in for thirty four felony counts and then after five days and maybe you don't have a house anymore and you don't have uh, your car anymore. This guy's but, got but, more no, money than Stan, God. Stan, if you're cleared, then what's the heck? What's the difference, right? What a great thing. five years that's going to be for you. Right, Stan? Let me bring up the second thing, which is even more important. Than what this. about the first thing? Wait, well, you didn't uh, answer, uh, you, wait, he's going to have a case, didn't and answer my, probably get, get rid of Stan, it. Stan, let me ask you an honest question. Sure. You get dragged through the mud for five years. You spend everything. Say you have you spend your life savings, and at the end of the day, you're cleared. This, you go, you go. thanks, Judge. That was so nice. Except what a I'm, nice not, thing. I'm not Donald Trump, and I haven't done what he's done in his career in life. Okay? Oh, Stan, that is oh, what, falsified a ledger? You, you, you are. Stan, you are on your Trumpitis. Well, Stan, that is the one thing I agree with. We got to move on. Let me say the second thing. Okay, really quick, Stan. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I want to say something about that deviant excrement scum named Marjorie Taylor Greene, who was on 60 Minutes and who had the nerve to say that the Democrats and the president are are pedophiles. And they said, what a low class piece of dreck. What crap. This woman is. And of course, Stan. no one wants to stand next to her. Get Lysol, pal, because you're going to need it from the stink. Wow. Stan, you are on fire. You got a lot of things today. I'm wondering, God, Stan is drinking some really good stuff. All right. Well, first off, 
Um, she did make some comments that were, yes, extreme. Um, but she has at least been consistent saying that she believes President Trump is innocent. Um, I don't agree with some of the things she said. And, you know, obviously we can all judge what she said. I think some of those comments were, yes, a little uh, over the top. I will agree with you on that, Stan. But you seem to have a problem with anybody who defends President Trump. No, um, no, no, you do. You no. you seem to think I orange man bad. Weak. Orange man this, should be dragged for five years. That's what you get for being Trump. I mean, that is lunacy, lunacy, lunacy. Stan, but I love you anyway. Stan, happy Passover, my friend. Thank you. Uh, happy Easter to you. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Let's go to Pete real quick. Pete, line two. Go ahead, Pete, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. I've been absorbing all this over the last several days. Thank you for allowing me to speak on your program. I love you and love your show. Thank you and love you too, Pete. Thank you. Number one, I got to go out to dinner the other night as an invite, and a friend of mine who just retired as a judge locally here in New Hampshire, and we got to sit down, we rationalized this and back and forth and back and forth, and he basically called Alvin Bragg a foolish bullfrog anyways, now, now I'll get down to the crux of the conversation, Rita. What was amazing was several things that were highlighted in our conversation, Rita. Number one, Eric Adams is a lousy mayor, a crappy mayor. He turned out to cover Alvin Bragg and the, and the, the DA, Alvin Bragg. He turned out all these NYPD, broke them all out to go cover for the for the show, the dog and pony show. And we meantime, meanwhile, while New York City burns, okay, with crime and everything else going on in the city, as a as a cover, the whole thing is political. At the end of the day, is when you build a house, Rita, you start with a solid foundation. And at the end of the end of the evening, we walked away in agreement that Albert Bragg has no foundation; he should be disbarred. Well, and Pete, I agree that he should absolutely be investigated. I do think you're right. Um, I Listen, I think uh, we all wanted it to be safe yesterday for all sides, you know, and I'm glad that there weren't really any reports of anything uh, that happened, which is great. And I think people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who was out there protesting yesterday, she has an absolute right to protest and to speak her mind and to support President Trump. And you're right. Uh, they seemed New York authorities seemed to make a bigger deal out of Marjorie Taylor Greene being in town uh, than some of the criminals that continue to go back out on the streets and the recidivism. So I agree there seemed to be more tough talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, it's just like Stan. It's like uh, Orange Man Bad. Anybody who supports Orange Man Bad, uh, you know, who was just calling before you, Pete. Um, and I do think that Alvin Bragg needs to be investigated for the use of funds. There are so many questions about federal funds potentially being used in this case. And I think absolutely, if indeed that is the case, Congress has a right to look into it. And the American public deserves transparency. Uh, Pete, I love you. Thank you very, very much. And by the way, speaking of police, uh, this is stunning. I want to get your thoughts in the last few minutes here on the show tonight to get your take on the Chicago's mayor's race. The guy who's the left of the left of Lori Lightfoot, we were just talking about Alvin Bragg, who gives criminals a pass. Well, Lori Lightfoot was giving criminals a pass, too. It was like a common pattern of what was happening in Chicago. Crime is up in Chicago. Total crime up 46 percent. That's nothing to be bragging about. Uh, That is a horrible number. 
And so it goes to uh, a runoff. Lori Lightfoot doesn't make it. And there's one candidate who's far left of her. There's a candidate who's more moderate, who had the support of the police unions. And the guy who's to the left of the left of Lori Lightfoot wins the mayoral race. It was like 51 to 48-something percent at the end of the day. This guy, Brandon Johnson, who at one point also said he wanted to defund the police. Take a listen. Earlier today, uh, I talked with Gary McCarthy, former Chicago police chief and also a former New York mayoral, uh, rather Chicago mayoral candidate. Uh, And this is what he had to say. This is cut 20. I mean, uh, unfortunately, listening to the rhetoric throughout the campaign, um, he's committed to defunding the police. He, 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 somebody asked me publicly, you know, he wants to send social workers to, to police 9-11 calls. What do you think that's going to result in? And I said, we're going to have some dead social workers. You know, emotionally disturbed people, family disputes are very dangerous situations. So he's committed to it. I believe he's committed to it. I believe his, I don't know if you want to call them handlers, are committed to it. Isn't that amazing? When we come back, I want to take your calls and your thoughts about what is ahead for the future of Chicago. Chicago skyrocketing crime. They have a chance to get somebody who has supports from the police union. He was a moderate Democrat. It was a Democrat, two Democrats running, basically, uh, in the final. And they pick somebody who has said, we should send a social worker out to basically police calls. We need more social workers. This person has talked about raising all this money and not to get more police. No, to send a social worker. Wait till a social worker sadly gets injured on a call that a police officer who's trained should be there. And now police officers in Chicago are talking about walking off the job. They are so disgusted that this person is now leading the Windy City. I cannot believe Chicago. Chicago's done. I think the future of Chicago, it is over. There are businesses that are pulling out of Chicago at a record pace because it is so dangerous there. And then you elect somebody who's left of the left of Lori Lightfoot, who at one point has talked about defunding the police. This is insanity. What do you think is ahead for Chicago? And why did this person get elected when there was a logical, reasonable person who was in the race? And almost won, but didn't make it. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, Chicago had a chance to get a law and order mayor, especially after Lori Lightfoot. You would have thought... Please, we're begging you. Anybody who supports the police and locking up the thugs will elect them. But what does Chicago do? Last night, they ushered in a new mayor. This guy who has talked about defunding the police and sending social workers to police calls. Boy, is Chicago in trouble. That is a sad, sad situation. And that is happening in many cities across this country. Chicago has such an enormous amount of violent crime. I cannot believe that they had a choice of two Democrats. And now, by the way, police there are saying they want to walk off the job. They do not want to work under this mayor. They were almost had it at the point with Lori Lightfoot. And now you're going to give somebody who makes Lori Lightfoot uh, look like uh, Lightfoot, and now you got a heavy foot coming in? Boy, is this bad news for the Windy City. Let's go to Robert. 
Line seven. Robert, uh, can you believe this? Chicago police are, are they are fed up and I don't blame them. Oh, yeah. Elections have consequences, people. Let's see what happens when they find out what defunding the police is really like when the police walk off the job for a few days. Yeah, you know what? You're right. And actually, I think police should, not all of them, because you don't want to have the city, you know, totally without police. But there should be something that sends a message. And I know a number of them have already been fleeing Chicago. They've already been leaving in, like, record numbers. Uh, But they really, I think, should do something to send a message that, listen, we care about the community, we love the community, but how are we going to work under this moron? I mean, that basically is the message. How could you have somebody who actually is in the position of leading the city during a troubled time who is now saying, well, you know what, Uh, we're going to just do more of the things that have made the city go in the toilet. Uh, What a sad, sad situation. I feel like, you know, it's funny, I was talking, uh, John Katzimatidis and I were hosting the morning show on WABC, and we were playing funeral music because it basically is the end. It basically is a funeral for Chicago. It is the end of the city that used to be so amazing and so beautiful, and now it is so dangerous. And sadly, I think it's going to get a lot, lot worse. Let's go to Tom in Boston, line five. Uh, Your reaction to this, Tom, this is so sad. It is sad, but I'll tell you what, what the whole story is. This is George Soros. He believes in what Stalin and Lenin said. Stalin and Lenin said, I hope 90% of the people vote. I don't care. We don't care about that at all. But I want to know who counts the votes. My people are going to count the votes. And that's what happened. I think this democracy is on a life saving. Life uh, Life support. Life support. By the way, by the way, Tom, Tom, that's almost like Casablanca. Wow. Surprise that there's uh, cheating in Chicago. You know that there might be corruption in Chicago, uh, which, boy, hasn't had a history of that at all. I'm just kidding. Uh, But you're right. Who knows what was going on here? And regardless, uh, if indeed it was, you know, uh, an honest vote, uh, who are the people that voted? I would love to do a poll. Why did you vote for this person? That's like the definition of insanity. And to me, it is so sad for all of the people of Chicago. The results, uh, just as uh, the other one was saying, results, definitely elections have consequences. What a sad testament. Let's go to Jerry, uh, line six. Jerry, do you agree with Tom uh, that uh, Chicago may be rife uh, with a little bit of corruption there? Absolutely, because I heard there were loads and loads of mail-in voting they're still doing without proper ID. And number two, you tell me, when they allow crime to run rampant in Chicago, the Democrats murder, rape, robbery, whatever, assault, even on police officers, what makes you think anybody who's going to do something illegal in an election like a Democrat is worried that some other Democratic mayor or some Democratic uh, person in authority is going to bother to prosecute them for election fraud when they're helping to elect Democrats? I don't trust this election at all. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And and regardless, um, the fact that he did, obviously, he was doing better in the polls than the other guy. It was a close race. Um, So if you believe that, even if you do believe it's an honest race, um, you got to have you got to be like nuts. You got to be like in an insane asylum to say, oh, I'd like more. I'd like somebody who's even worse than Lori Lightfoot uh, and who's going to send social workers. The idea of a social worker. And I know we have so many police officers who listen to this great show because we love you. Can you imagine uh, a call 
where it's, you know, oh, gosh, there's a, a routine traffic stop and maybe it sounds routine on the surface. A call is never routine when you're in law enforcement. We do the story every night here on the show. We do our back the blue. And you're going to send a social worker to any situation that could quickly turn into a tinderbox. That is really scary. And, and I fear for the social workers. That's a hard thing. Uh, let's real quick go to Veronica. Real quick, line one. Veronica, your thoughts. Yeah, my thought is I could care less about Chicago. If they're dumb enough to vote this guy in, they deserve everything they get. Wow. Veronica, you are hardcore. That is like, uh, see you later, Chicago. But there's a lot of good people there, and they deserve better. But boy, I hope the police there send a very loud and clear message to this mayor that if he wants law and order, you know what? You need police. You need to appreciate our men and women in blue. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.